Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for joining in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our weekly show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspect Tech. If you need an opinion from experts in the areas of insurance, mortgages, or building inspection, give Denise, Carrie, or Carrie a call. They are great people to talk to. You can find them by visiting our CFAX 1070 website. Look under Shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show, with me, Tony Joe. And their contact information is all there, or you can always find me online or on social media, and I'd be happy to introduce you. I am, of course, a locally born and raised Victorian, been selling real estate here since March 1991. It's been a long time. I've seen thousands of transactions. Uh, what I would think is almost every circumstance under the sun. But you know what? It's the fun thing about this job. There's something new every day, and it just it keeps us going. I love real estate, love helping people. Love to help you as well, too. If you have a need, uh, either buying or selling, feel free to give me a call. Find me on the CFAX 1070 website. Visit my website, which is the Prime Real Estate Team, primeteam.ca, uh, or give us a call. I'll give you the number in just a moment. Buying or selling a home? can be a really complicated process. And you know, for most, it's the largest purchasing decision they'll ever make. A real estate transaction can go smoothly, or it has the potential of being a disaster with lifelong consequences sometimes. How do you avoid pitfalls to make sure you're making the right decision? Our show today is about tips on how you can get through your real estate transaction and get the best advice. And, of course, we've got great people who sponsor and support our show here. There are experts in many areas. I have on the phone right now Carrie Augustini, who is the insurance manager for Island Savings. Hi, Carrie. Hello, Tony. How's it going? Very well, thanks. How about yourself? Great. So, you know, the topic of the day, we'll be having conversations with you, uh, Denise and Carrie. And, and the question is... When somebody is thinking of buying a home or living in their home, what are some things, what are some costly errors that they can, um, that they can avoid? Sure. Um, to be honest with you, my first suggestion is always, are you going to have a home inspected? Because that's going to point out some things that you may not be able to see. But um, typical uh, areas that can cause you concern will be a roof. What's yeah. the age of the roof? What type of heating do you have? What type of plumbing do you have? Electrical? How old is your hot water tank? Um, are you on a concrete foundation or a full basement? Um, those are pretty, uh, pretty generic and um, general questions that, as insurance brokers, we're going to be asking our clients. And any, any um, type of um, deviation from what's considered um, acceptable in the insurance industry is going to cause you problems with insurance and likely will cause you quite a bit of money. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, the, the, the tip that you just brought up is, is, you know, one might think, hey, isn't that the building inspector's uh, department? But in fact, it is relevant to insurance because th you guys may not be able to provide coverage on, on a house that's an issue, right? That's right, yes. And if we can, um, there's, you know, you're going to end up paying quite a cost in insurance costs, and um, your coverage is going to be very, very slim. So it seems rather odd. You pay more and you get less, but yeah. that's if we can even locate coverage for you in a situation that uh, you're not meeting the underwriting requirements. Yeah, you know, so some of those uh, hot those those hot uh, uh, areas are things like 
sub 100 amp services, uh, underground oil storage tank, knob and tube yep. wiring, right? Things like that? Yes, that's correct. Yep. Galvanized uh, plumbing. Yeah. Aluminum uh, wood wiring. Stoves. Yeah. yeah. Wood stoves that um, are not professionally installed or CSA approved. Yeah. Um, even wood inserts uh, like the boxes that go into the fireplaces. Um, those are uh, questions that we'll be asking. Yeah, and here's the thing that comes up quite often people. They go, well, you know, surely the, the current owner has an insurance policy, so, uh, you, you know, it shouldn't be a problem finding insurance ourselves. That's not the truth, yeah, is it? That's not the truth at all, and the reason being is because the um, customers have probably been dealing maybe with the insurance uh, broker that they've been with for a very long time. They could be grandfathered in some situations, there's lots of situations where maybe they weren't even asked those questions. So when you come to get insurance and every new home that you purchase is going to be a new piece of business for the insurance broker that you're working with and the insurance company, it all starts from scratch. It really doesn't matter what happened prior. Yeah. It's whether or not that home is meeting the underwriting guidelines today. Well, and this is the thing, because the underwriting guidelines change all the time. So it's it's not like... Um, uh, knob and tube wiring or sub 100 amp service was a problem 30 exactly. years ago, right? That's right. Yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah even even the underground um, oil storage tank. Yeah. They didn't used to be a problem, but they sure are now. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff that seemed to happen after 9 11, and I, I, I think <laughs> the insurance uh, landscape changed after that, right? Yeah. It's always down to money, right? It's it's and and losses. They don't they won't they don't want to have to pay for losses that can be. Um, um, rectified beforehand. Yeah, yeah. So we're on the line right now with Carrie Augustini, who is our show sponsor, and she's also the insurance manager with Island Savings uh, Insurance here. Uh, again, we're, we're talking about insurance and how just because the current owner has insurance on the house doesn't mean that you necessarily can. Because when you think about it, if they've owned the house for 30 years, they've been dealing with the same insurance policy, um, things are typically grandfathered, right, Carrie? Yes, that's correct. Right. Yep. And so, questions are not always asked. And questions are not always asked because you and I have talked about this before. People typically just renew their, their policy yep. without looking through things or asking questions or telling the yes. insurer, the insurance company about uh, any changes they've done, right? Yes, that's correct. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, so be mindful of that. And, um, yeah, in, insurance is just one of those things. You need it. And uh, for those who are trying to cut corners, we, uh, we know too many tenants, by the way, who don't have insurance policies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's always sad when I see on the news or I, I hear um, um, on the radio station that there's, you know, maybe tenants of a whole uh, condominium or apartment block that are now on the street and they don't have some place to live because they didn't have insurance. Insurance can be like maybe... $30 a month um, for a tenant's policy and can give you the peace of mind of giving you a place to stay if there's a fire. I mean, there's so many people that reside in those buildings. You don't have control over what other people are doing, yeah. looking after your personal property that you probably worked so hard to, to get. And it's all brand new for old. So it's yeah. really important. Well, you know, there's, there's that assumption sometimes that if somebody is renting a place that the landlord's insurance would cover everything. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, that's not correct. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they need their own insurance. The same for liability as well. So. Yeah. Um, discuss liability really quickly here for our listeners, because that's mm -hmm. sometimes something people forget about. Yes, um, personal liability comes with your policy automatically. Literally covers you worldwide. If you like golf, and somebody says, "Hey, you can go now. Your shot's not going to go that far," and it does, and <sighs> you hit someone in the back of the head, yep. that's going to be a liability claim. Okay. You're walking your dog. You bite someone liability claim. 
Um, even, um, you know, uh, personal damage uh, that you might cause, not in a vehicle, never, never in a vehicle, but just personally, yeah. then you can be sued and that comes to play. Yeah, and that all is tied into your insurance, your, your yes, home insurance policy. It's a package, that's right. Yeah, which, yeah. which again is a reminder um, for anyone who's listening who doesn't have some sort of insurance, whether you're an owner or a tenant, you got to really think about this, right? Yes, that's correct. And seniors as well. I mean, there's senior packages because seniors, they downsize. Maybe they're in a, a care home and they, they want a little bit of coverage and some personal liability as well. Mm-hmm. Very inexpensive policies that they can purchase too. So um, insurance is niched and, and we try to niche that, insurance companies, to help people everywhere. Yeah. So important. Okay. So um, getting back to our original question, tips to avoid, make sure that when you're buying a property, you're looking into the uh, structural aspects of the home, major systems, things that we'll talk about with Carrie Smith, the inspector uh, shortly here. Um, But it is relevant to insurance because you may or may not be able to get it insured. Oh, by the way, you said that you could find other insurance um, uh, companies that could cover problematic things and it would cost more, right? Sometimes, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but that one thing to remember from a real estate standpoint is even if you chose to have a uh, more pricey insurance coverage on an issue, for instance, um, knob and tube wiring or something like that, you're just you're just deferring what you're going to need to deal with later because yeah. when it comes time to resell, you're going to have to deal with this again anyways, right? Yes, and then the other thing to remember there is a lot of times when we do have to go somewhere else to a specialty market if we can even find coverage. Because the coverage is scaled down, it may not be, meet the mortgage requirements. Oh, my goodness. So that's Im- something else as well. Thank you. Thanks for the tip, Carrie. Thanks for being on the line. If people need to reach you, how can they do that? Yeah, they can call me at 250-413-2028. Yeah. That number is 250-413-2028. Great. Or find Carrie on the CFAX website under The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. Thanks for joining us, Carrie. We're going to take a break. Back in yeah. just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Today, we're talking about tips and things to avoid when you're either buying real estate uh, or even owning real estate. We had on the line just a moment ago, Carrie Augustini, who is our show sponsor. She's the insurance manager with Island Savings Insurance gave uh, a tip about the fact that you got to make sure that your home is compliant as far as insurable items are concerned. Right now, we have on the line with us Carrie Smith. Carrie is one of our another one of our show sponsors. He is with Inspectech and he's Inspectech and he's a home uh, inspector. Very important job in the role of real estate. Carrie, thanks for coming on the line. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Tony. Great to be here. Yeah. So, a lot to talk about here. Um, again, Somebody's thinking about buying a home. You're usually involved in the process because it's a good thing to have a building inspection done, obviously. Oh, yeah. What are some tips that uh, people, that, what are tips that can help people in the process that can help them avoid uh, heartbreak, uh, spending, spending more than they have to, or making a bad purchase? Well, I've got a, I've got a few. Yeah. Um, when people buy a house, it, it, Obviously, it's it's a big event, a big deal, but um, it's a little different than other big events in your life. Uh, often, when you have something big going on, it's uh, it's an event of one type, either a big personal event, a big financial event, a big family event. But when people buy a new home, it's all of them together. Oh. 
And and we're just not equipped to, you know, have bullets flying at us from so many different directions at the same time. And uh, it it really, you know, it's the best week of your life, and in some ways, it's, it's the worst week of your pretty, life. Pretty rough week, yeah. Okay. And um, and that's why we need pros, be, yeah. you know, to take the load. We've never, we, you know, you might buy a house two, three, four times in your life, maybe, and uh, you just can't expect to uh, hit the bullseye every time um, if you do it once every 10 years. And so, uh, of course, what we do uh, is uh, take care of the inspections for people and make sure the house uh, is going to stand up. And, and even more, because there is no such thing as a perfect house, w- what our real goal is is to take the surprises out. Because, for example, if we tell someone that the roof's on its last legs, and you know it might last for another couple of years, but it's getting into the risk zone. When it leaks Christmas Eve two years from now, it's not a disaster because you knew it's coming. <clears throat> and so it isn't. Oh my God, what else is going to go wrong? And all kinds of drama. Yeah. The inspector told us so. You know, not a big deal. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, something we see from time to time is because uh, nothing's getting cheaper as time goes by, is people, um, you know, prudently and intelligently look for ways to be more economical and save money. And and one of the ways they do that is everyone has a friend or a brother-in-law or a cousin who's a roofer or a carpenter. Who's handy. Handyman. Yeah. And they say, well, why should I waste 500 bucks on my $800,000 home acquisition when I can just get my pal with a you know, the guy with the wheelbarrow and the case of beer, that guy, he can, he knows construction, he can look at it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, your uncle or your cousin might be a, really, you know, truly a, a brilliant tradesman, a, an unbelievably skilled carpenter or craftsman or electrician. But what does he know about hazardous materials, about asbestos? Oh. Um, guy could be just a, you know, a over-the-top plumber, but what does he know about mold and foundations? And do these people have the special equipment that's needed? Do they have infrared scanners and moisture detection equipment? And exactly how many inspections have they done in their life? You know, one, three, five. Uh, but, and, and that's all fine. <clears throat> but where the rubber really meets the road in this kind of thing, you know, don't put that kind of obligation on a friend or a relative. Yeah. Because how is that poor fellow going to feel around the Christmas table yeah. when he missed a $20,000 drain tile repair yeah. or didn't know that there was vermiculite in the attic because as a, um, you know, a siding installer or, you know, has never come across it. Um, it's, and there's just so many ways, all of these things that a, even a really skilled professional person <clears throat> just doesn't have the background experience uh, or training to know about. And it's just, you know, hire a professional, hire a stranger that you can sue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Make a mistake. Yeah. Don't put that obligation on a family or friend. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey, just... actually, I do have to tell a really quick story here. I don't want, I don't want to take away your time uh, here today. But but um, we had a case many years ago where first-time buyers bought a house, and they were relying on their dad, who was really handy. Yeah. And their dad was doing the building inspection. And it was a house in the Camosun area with a high-pitched roof. Sure. He spent three hours looking around the property, could not have access to one part of the roof because it was um, kind of like a, a dormer, like a flat dormer area. Yep. And, oh, and, right, sure. It's concealed. And, yeah, and he gave, he's like, oh, it's good. It's a good house. Everything's fine. And wouldn't you know what? That flat part of the roof uh, failed. And when last I heard the young, well, they're not young anymore. This is 20 years ago. But the couple um, uh, and the dad just kind of, their relationship soured. Oh, 
right? Friday, yeah. yeah, and and you know, was it worth five hundred bucks or whatever it is? Well, no, it's not, and and it's just, and of course, you don't want to hurt this guy's feelings. You know, he, you know, or or she wants to help and be a part of the thing, and it's a family event, and. Yeah. But you, you some, you know, sometimes one of the greatest skills we have is knowing when and how to say no. Yeah. Uh, and um, and you can do it in a in a you know a space saving way. You can say you know, Dad or or Uncle Phil, um, I really appreciate your help and your offer. That's very kind. But I just don't believe in putting professional obligations on friends and family. Yeah. Um, you know, once I get the house, come on over. We'll crack open a cold one and build a build a sun deck together. I, you know, you're a gifted guy, and I'd love to have you around. But I really. I really just, you know, in my own mind, I, I just want to hire a, a, an outsider, a professional who can be objective. Yeah. It just doesn't seem fair to put that. So important. Well, hey, listen. I hope you understand. Uh, how about the flip side of this? How about the yeah. brother-in-law who's the deal killer? Oh, oh. <laughs> the brother-in-law syndrome. Yeah. Or the or I call it the father-in-law syndrome. Yeah, so where... tell the listeners about, about, uh, about this oh. syndrome. Well, the, you know, dad comes along, the young couple's buying their first house, and of course, it's not gold-plated, uh, you know, top quality. It's what they can afford, yeah. and inevitably going to have problems. And Dad feels he's in the hot seat. Here's his, you know, his son or daughter, and they're venturing out in the world. And gee, and he feels called upon to be the protector. And and in, you know, in spite of ourselves or inadvertently, it gets pretty negative and you know says things. Oh, gee, you know, they don't build them like they used to. This box, ah, oh, there. I don't know about these new houses. They're no good. And I leaky condos, and I wouldn't trust this. And they just, oh, they just dig themselves into a hole. And pretty soon everybody's smile is gone. And yeah. well, I guess we better go look for another one. You know. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, it just gets all our motors running, and it's uh, it's a high anxiety kind of thing. And and uh, the best way to deal with these scenarios is just, you know, have get a team of professionals, get a good realtor, good lawyer, an inspector, appraiser, you know, a, a group of individuals who can work together and, and get your uh, get your boat to the other side of the river. Yeah, and, you know, to your point, I have to say, because I've bumped into this so many times, too, it's not that, I mean, with all due respect to the dad in that particular case, mm-hmm. um, oh, just, course, just looking out for uh, his kid's best interest. But the thing is, he needs to be part of the entire process to understand what they're going through. He, oh, yeah. He yeah. needs yeah. to know. I mean, unfortunately, you don't get, um, you know, broad me type of house on a, um, you know, uh, uh, Central Park budget, right? So, yeah. 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 So, so yeah. yeah, it's important to involve him in the entire process. And, of course, when the folks bought their house, their houses were $12,000 and built inspections weren't invented yet. Yeah. Well, and and, and again, you know, neither you nor I are, are, are intending any disrespect to, to the parent, but it's just a reality of the way things have changed, right? Yeah, and, and common sense. Common sense is always a guide. Anyway, Tony, Tony, it was uh, thank you for calling on me. Uh, always great to be with you. Okay, your phone number again. It's uh, Inspect Tech here in Victoria, 250-920-8324. Give us a call. We'd be happy to help. Great. Thanks for coming on the line, Carrie. Uh, for everyone else, we're going to take a quick break. Back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspect Tech. They are great people in the areas of insurance, mortgages, or building inspections. So if you need help from any of them, feel free to give them a call. You'll find their phone number on the Whole Home Shows page on the CFAX website 
or you can always reach me. It's Tony at primeteam.ca. By the way, if you have a question or a topic you'd like me to cover on our weekly program here, let me know. Send me an email. Again, it's Tony at primeteam.ca or call our hotline. It's 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. If you're fumbling for your pen and paper, don't worry, because if you're a podcast listener, you can also listen to us on podcasts, all of our shows, all 80-plus of them are on our podcast stations, which are iTunes and Google Play. So feel free to download uh, as you wish. There's tons of great content, including what we're talking about today. We're talking about tips uh, that will help you avoid possible pitfalls when you're either buying a property or even still living in it. We have we had on the phone already Carrie Augustini, our sponsor, who is an insurance manager with Island Savings. She was talking about making sure that the house you're buying is compliant with today's rules of insurance. Also spoke with Carrie Smith, our home inspector and show sponsor, uh, talking about the importance of getting experts in the area to give you opinions about things around your house. And right now we have... Our third show sponsor, Denise Webster from Dominion Lending Services, Modern Mortgage Group. Denise, thanks for coming on the line. Great to be back here, Tony. You've got lots of great tips to share, and uh, this is something you bump into all the time. Um, Let's just start with what should people avoid altogether when they're in the process of buying their home? Well, I'm I'm pretty big advocate for stressing how important our credit reports are now in the mortgage application process. So it's something I take a lot of time with my clients for them to really understand how they're uh, obtaining their credit score um, and maintaining it, and key and and how did their score come about? Is there any tips to getting a better score and whatnot? Mm-hmm. So I think the uh, most important thing I would say um, in a mortgage application nowadays seems to be the credit score. And one of the biggest tips um, that you can kind of, as you're in the process of your mortgage application, um, is pretty an o- a pretty obvious one, but you just don't want to be late with any of those payments for something like a credit card, a line of credit, or your loan payment. These are what's reporting to your Equifax and TransUnion report, something oh, that you and- sign terms yeah. to agree to pay. And your cell phone bill too, right? Exactly. That's the one that surprises a lot of people because, uh, you know, our utilities like our internet and our hydro are not really reporting to your credit report until obviously something goes wrong and it goes to collections. Mm -hmm. But uh, you are signing terms to a contract with your cell phone now. So that has been, uh, you know, if you're in a contract, uh, we are now seeing those on your credit report. Yeah, because sometimes so, sometimes people are like, oh, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll double up next month. You know, I'll skip this month's payment. I'll double up next month or whatever, thinking it's fine, but it ends up as a blemish on your credit rating, right? It sure does. And um, one of the worst things for a lender to see is something current, something showing a pattern of, of really current late payments. You know, they're about to lend you a big chunk of money, and they want to know your credit history and how good you are at making payments on time. Mm-hmm. So a, a current late payment on your credit bureau um, is really bad. Uh, they're, you know, they're thinking they might see a pattern there. Yeah. Something that's been in the past, and usually if there's an exp- a story and it's an isolated time in your life, maybe there was a life event, we can usually explain those to our lenders. Mm-hmm. But you're talking like a separation or yeah, things like that, right? Okay. Separation. Um, it can just be a, a temporary um, leave of work for a personal reason or a health reason. So uh, things might have got a little bit behind. But if you can really see if there's an isolated um, incident, lenders are willing to understand and listen to that. But if there's a, just an overall pattern of some 
late payment history, yeah. um, that's a big red flag for lenders. They really want to know that you're paying your bills on time. I suppose you got to think about it from the from the mindset of the bank. So if they see that somebody's struggling with a two hundred dollar payment, they're going to say, "Well, how can I? How can we advance a?" Uh, $3,000 monthly mortgage payment for somebody who has trouble with a $200 bill, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's really nice to sometimes help my borrowers see it from the lenders and the bank's point of view. You, you put yourself in their shoes, and they're about to give you a good chunk of money. They yeah. just need to see that you've got a great history of, of paying things on time. Yeah. Um, so you brought up a great point there, Tony. So maybe um, uh, somebody says, well, I've got good credit. I've got a line of credit, and I've got a credit card. But what if those um, limits on those two um, items are really small? Like you have a $500 limit on your credit card and a $500 line of credit balance. Okay. Um, you know, that that's not a, a thick credit history. That's okay. not showing a bank or a lender that you're, you're managing a good chunk of money as well. Um, and so it's a very hard pill to swallow when I tell my clients, you know, if your bank does offer you uh, to increase that limit, it actually goes a long way in your mortgage application because now they see that you're managing, you've got a good, strong limit on your credit card, but yet you're not tapping into it and relying on it. Yeah, so, you're, you know, you're, not living, you're not living with it maxed out all the time. Yeah, so you're not, you're not, that carrot's dangling there and saying, hey, you've got this money available, but by showing the lender that you've got a good, strong, high limit mm-hmm. and you're only tapping into well under 50% of that limit, yeah. that's a great um, uh um, credit score. That's yeah. going to really increase your credit score. Okay. All right. Hey, here's a question for you. When, when you're talking with people, how often do they, how often have they already checked their own credit? It's rare, isn't it? It's just starting to happen, Tony, because there are those karma credits out there and there's online access for the consumer. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I'm really trying to spread word about is that those reports that the consumer is looking at are not scored um, the same way in a financial credit report when it comes to lending uh, purposes. Okay. So very often I'm having these conversations and I'm, the client is saying, oh, no, I looked at my score. It's really good. And then I pull the credit. I'm like, it's not that good. Right. right. Here's the differences. And so we go through it together and I go through these tips and tell them how to get that score back up there. But you're, uh, it's a really good point you brought up is, is the, you know, checking your own consumer per report is not going to be scoring the same okay. as it is when we're looking at it from a financial point of view. Okay, so are we talking about something like, what's it called, Equifax or something? Those. Yep. Okay. Equifax and TransUnion are our two Canadian companies. Yeah, and I've seen it because you can go online, you pay something, and you, you get your credit report or something, right? Yes. Now, the free ones are the ones that are not going to be reporting those um, accurate scores for lending purposes. Yeah. If you do go on to the TransUnion and the Equifax Canadian sites and you actually register, you have to fill out quite a bit of information. They're going to be looking for at least a three-year history of your addresses and your employment um, then you're actually paying a fee. That's going to be the accurate score that you're getting, something that I'm looking at as well. Yeah. And, and I suppose one of the things to consider is you don't, you want to, you want to know going in where you stand credit, credit worthy, credit worthy wise, right? Oh gosh. Yeah. And, and if you're in the throes of doing your mortgage application because you want to buy a house today, now is not the time to start working on your credit. Exactly. Uh, it can take three to six months to turn your credit score around if there's been something that you were not aware of. Yeah. Maybe something like went to a collection agency, but you moved and you never got notice of that, and now it's been reported to your um, credit report. 
we need to turn those things around and and then get them updated and that sometimes can be three months i've i've had something that's been in the throes for six months okay. um just well, well you know what i think that's a, that's a really interesting point for people though because uh, sometimes people think it's a long-standing thing like three months doesn't seem to me to be a really long time no, gosh, no. If it's something that we can fix, we I'll do everything I can to get in touch with Equifax and TransUnion and help my clients through that yeah. and see how quickly we can get updated. Um, but pretty standard. I mean, on something that's not too much of a fix, it's just been a blemish error, um, and we have documents to support it. Yeah. That's a 30-day turnaround. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and and, and I have to say though too, as the market goes back to normal, and even at some point if it turns into a buyer's market where banks are starting to sort of tighten their their belts a little bit, it's going to be a little harder to qualify for mortgages, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not any harder than it has been, I guess. The you know, the stress test is still is we're all getting pretty used to that now. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think what we are seeing those changes in is uh lenders are not so willing to lend money to anyone now. So yeah. one of their checks and balances is definitely they're putting a lot more weight into that credit score. Well, hey, you know what? Let's salute them for that because yeah. the Canadian banking system has been strong. It's what kept us out of that um, worldwide, worldwide recession back in 2008, 2009. And the states, you know, they paid the price. They had that whole ninja loans, no income, no job, right? <laughs> yes. and, and people were just getting, they were getting 120% of what they're, you know, what they were paying to buy the house, had leftover money to buy cars and all that. It was crazy, right? Yeah, and you know the mortgage auditing system is is very strong in Canada, and I do have to explain that to my borrowers sometimes. It's it's a lot of documents. There's a lot of checks and balances, but it's happening for a reason, and it is to not ever see this um, type of um, you know subprime mortgages at like 2008. It's just not going to happen in Canada because we are really strict with the mortgage rules. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, one last thing on that regard, too, is it's Victoria here. Victoria real estate market is a strong investment for banks. They like it here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. We've got a great, and, you know, we're the West Coast, the Vancouver market so strong as well. Yeah. These are, these are very strong valuation, value properties here. Right. And uh, that, uh, you brought up another good point, Tony. That's another part of the mortgage application. The lender is also looking at the market area. Yeah. That's what they're actually securing their Well, hey, listen, I, I want to talk more about this, but we got to take our break here. We're talking with Denise Webster, our mortgage broker and show sponsor. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, thanks for joining us. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking today about tips that will help you avoid costly mistakes in either buying real estate or owning real estate. We've had on the line our, insur- our insurance manager, show sponsor, Carrie Augustini, our home inspector sponsor, Carrie Smith from InspectTech, and also on the line right now is Denise Webster from Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group. Uh, Denise, again, as always, thanks for coming online and giving us so much great information. I really enjoy it. It's great to be back, Tony. Now, before the break, you said one of the things that banks consider is location, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A marketable property. Yeah. Um, because if if you, again, you put your, your uh, shoes on into the, you put your, it's coming from the lender's point of view. Yeah. They want to know that, gosh forbid, something terrible happened and you did default your mortgage and you had to go into foreclosure. They need to know that this is a marketable property that they can actually sell and, and get their money back on. Yeah. 
So uh, it really does have to be something that a lender sees um, as, when I say marketable, appealing to the masses. So there's nothing so unique about that property that it's only a handful of borrowers that may be interested in buying it. Well, there you are. You just coined a phrase, appealing to the masses. I mean, of all the cities in Canada, what is the one that is appealing to the masses? (laughs) Our lovely island. (laughs) I thought it was Winnipeg. No, Winnipeg? Okay. I almost bring it up, Winnipeg. I'm surprised I don't get phone calls from the Winnipeg contingent exactly. saying, yeah. Um, so Victoria, no, it's a very safe investment for the banks. So uh, that is part of the uh, the credit application. Yeah. yeah. And I'll just touch briefly on this, and this can help a lot of borrowers out there. You know, they wonder why it's a little difficult to buy bare land. Um, bare land is a different... Like an, an, empty, an empty lot. Yeah, an empty yeah. lot, even if it's serviced. But... The risk from a lender's point of view is, again, not everybody out there is looking to buy land and build a home. So there's a larger down payment require on that. There's a lot more risk assessment taken into the mortgage application. Um, And they also have to consider that, again, if something worst case scenario happened halfway through a build or the land, how do they sell a property that's gone into foreclosure that building is halfway done? Yeah. So the question is, it's liquidity, right? How liquid is the property? Yeah. Yeah. Because if it was a if it was a vacant piece of land and there weren't a lot of people looking at building uh, or or you know doing spec homes or anything like that, it ends up being a uh, an asset that the bank might need to lose money on, right? Yeah, they could end up holding that in foreclosure for quite a long time. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good yeah. point. So um, uh, other things, if you're in the process of buying a home, what do you got? What do you got to make sure you don't do to avoid getting in trouble? Well, this is a good conversation to have with clients when, you know, we've removed conditions. We know that their completion date is... So they've gone to you, they've got their financing in place and everything, and they're just waiting for completion date, yeah? Yeah, we're all done. A mortgage is approved, uh, we've satisfied conditions, and it's now this anticlimactic period. It's it's very exciting. Well, what what, what wrong can happen then? Yeah, you'd think it's all done. We're just waiting for our completion date. Okay. Well, here's something I... Can't wait to hear this. This sounds scary. <laughs> no, it's not. It's I know where you're going, by the way, but I think the, the listeners story. are probably wondering. Yeah. So don't go and lose your job. <laughs> okay, oh, that that helps. Just keep your employment the same as is. Over yeah. the next two months before your completion date, please don't go and decide to leave your secure employment job and, and go off into a new self-employed position. Okay. Those are very different. Hey, but hold on a second. If the bank has approved the loan, I mean, do they have okay. the power to, to jump they, in? They do at, at one stage. So okay. if the closing date, let's say the closing date got pushed, it was a brand new build. Yeah. And within this four-month period where your financing is secure, your rate is secured, everything's done, yeah. let's just say your completion date ended up getting pushed and you just got outside of that four months. Yeah. Lenders are going to require to uh, uh, UAA, you might lose that rate you had held. Yeah, because um, they only hold an interest rate for so long, especially if the rates are going up, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so the other thing is the check and balance for them is to say, please provide a new current pay stub yeah. and uh, please provide, um, well, this one's rare, but let's provide that you still have the down payment funds in available in your account. Those could be documents that a lender would request if we just got pushed outside of that four months where we had the approval all set, but we've just gone outside of that four months now because of a new completion date. Uh, We're definitely going to have to show a new pay stub, just showing that you're still at that job. 
So, you know, in a smaller closing date, you've finished all the financing, it's done, it's going to close in three weeks. No, we're not going to be ever asking for more documents in that type of window. But I have to have that conversation with borrowers when they're looking at purchasing a new build. Things do get delayed sometimes. So something I'm working on very, very current with clients right now, we've had a lot of delays in some of the buildings this year. Yeah, it's because of trades. Trades are behind schedule, um, things like that. change it. Yeah, got it, yeah. got it. Okay, very so interesting. Key one, just yep. try and keep your employment the same. Okay. Um, if you're in a in a in a a new salaried position and it was a promotion, yep. by all means, that's fine. That's right. not a big change to your employment. But but going from an employee position to starting your own company and not being able to prove what kind of income you're going to make, that's a big change. Yeah. So now's not the time to say, you know what, I'm going to quit my job and travel the world for six months after I move into my new home. Yeah, or before I move into my new yeah, home. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Okay. So that's a key for yeah. your employment. Um, the other one is thinking that everything's done and you decide that maybe it's time to go and get a new car. Oh, I know this one. You do. Oh, my goodness. I've seen that. So that's when, again, they've got their mortgage in place. They just haven't moved in yet, right? Yep. The date is still just around the corner. And they go into the car dealership and then they sign up for a uh, $800 a month lease. Gosh, yeah. That that can change your lending. An $800 a month new payment into your mortgage application could absolutely tip your lending ratios over the limit and not your total debt service ratio. Yeah. Yeah. That's just your income versus the debts. Um, We, you know, you add a new debt in there. Now, again, this is something I have to have a conversation with my clients. Again, if it's just a month down the road, the chances of us having to revisit, pull a new credit bureau, mm-hmm. very slim. Yeah. But if anything got delayed and we got outside of that four months, please provide a new credit report. Please provide a new pay stub. That credit report now shows a new loan payment on there. Yeah. They have to debt service it, and you could be in trouble. So you've got to be having the conversation with your mortgage broker or your bank to say, hey, if I went and did this before my mortgage closed, does it change my mortgage application? Can I afford to do this? Because you know what? The car lot and your fi- car financing is probably going to have no problem with it. Your mortgage rep- payment's probably not reporting on your bureau yet. Yeah. So they're going to tell you your debt servicing for the for the car loan yeah. that you can afford it. So big, you know, strong advice to my clients, don't go and get anything new yet. Move into the house, get the mortgage settled. Because that not only is it a car loan, but you start to buy things for your new home. You might end up trying to finance some furniture or your appliances and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you think you're just getting organized for your new home. But if you're putting something on there as a new loan payment, that could run you into trouble should the lender decide to pull your credit report just again before funding. Yeah. And, you know, I know that story because we've, had, we've heard of stories like this. And I think you have, too, because you and I have I had have. this conversation before. Right. Yeah, it's just something that, you know, they, it slips their minds. They don't think to talk to their broker about it. They know they can afford it. Yeah. Right? We can afford this, no problem. Yeah. But there's some math to that, that qualification. Oh, my goodness. So, so if I'm hearing you right, the biggest tip here is you have, even if you've, you're approved for a mortgage, you got the paperwork. Uh, Denise at Dominion Lending Services, uh, Modern Mortgage Group, says that you're good to go. You remove the conditions of your house, all that kind of stuff. Uh, between that point in time and when you actually physically take possession of the house, just be very careful about what you're doing as far as getting new credit, right? Yeah, no big changes. Just get through that period of time, move into your new home. 
or talk to your broker uh, if there is something that has to happen before you complete. Like, I mean, sometimes it's a, it's absolutely not a problem at all, but you've got to have that conversation with your broker to say, will this mess up my mortgage if I do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Don't you, forget about me. Ask me. Yeah, And, you know, you, you brought up a point a moment ago, and that is when somebody's buying a home, you know, it's, it's a celebratory time, and it's a big deal. It's the biggest investment that people typically make, right? And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's amazing because... It's good for the economy. What ends up happening is somebody buys a house, then they're in the mindset of, okay, furniture, uh, kitchen stuff, uh, you know, lawn and garden, and so they're out buying stuff. Yeah, suddenly they have a yard. Yeah. That's a whole new expense. Yeah, and, you know, are they, do they have the cash for that? Have they saved for it, or are they going to use, are they going to, um, are they going to use their credit cards or are they going to sign up for a new department store credit card between mm-hmm. times, right? So yep. I guess these are the, the areas of concern, right? Yes, exactly. You nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else that people need to be mindful of, Denise? Oh, gosh. Um, so many things. I know. Uh, you, you did just bring up something that was really valid and, um, you know, when you are moving into a new home, we do expect that there's new expenses in your life. Uh, that's something I really go through, and we try to work with budgets with my clients to say, you know, now you do have your property taxes, now you might have a strata fee, and now you have home insurance. So does all of that added up monthly with your new mortgage payment still fit into your budget? That's something I definitely work with with my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's a little tip that uh, I think a lot of borrowers are not really advised on is um, the down payment amount. You know, ideally, I never want to see my borrowers deplete their savings for the down payment. Mm, to write a check and it emptying out their bank account to buy their house. Exactly, because you are going to have some expenses. And if you used all your money and now you need something for the house, you're probably going to use credit to do that. And I don't want you doing that. Your credit's good. Let's keep it there. Mm-hmm. So here's a little tip, Um, um, and this is just a really simple scenario for somebody who's just got their 5% saved and they're ready for their down payment, they're a first-time home buyer. Let's say they have $30,000 saved and they ended up buying a house for Mm $500,000. So they need a minimum 5% down payment. They need $25,000 down. They don't have to pay the property transfer tax in Victoria, uh, BC, because they're exempt as a first-time home buyer. Mm -hmm. So... They've got their down payment. They don't need another chunk of money for the property transfer tax. Uh, but they tell me, you know what? We really want it. We, we saved 30, Denise. We want to put 30000 down. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's not going to help them very much in their mortgage. That extra the payment will, is minimal, right? Very minimal. Yeah. And the other big tip to understand is that insurance premium. So in Canada, anybody buying a house less than 20% down, they have to pay that CMHC, Canada Mortgage Housing Corporation, they have to pay that insurance premium to get a mortgage in Canada. And it works in tiers. So there's a premium, if you put 5% down, Mm -hmm. you've got a 4% premium added back. That premium doesn't change until you get to the next tier of 10% down. So if you come to me and you say, well, we've got 7% down, you're going to save less than $100 on that insurance premium by putting that extra $5,000 into your down payment. You haven't saved anything on the insurance premium. Your mortgage payment has changed by peanuts. That $5,000 is so much stronger in your bank account as a first-time home buyer to have a little bit of a buffer when you're new home. So I think that's a really good, uh, important conversation to be having about your down payment. Understand that insurance premium tiers. Understand the minimum down payment you might need. Mm -hmm and how little 
uh, and add a little bit of extra down payment would would change things. It, it's just so much stronger in your bank account. And yeah. lenders want to see that too. They don't want to see that you don't have a buffer in your bank account either. Yeah, being safe. Well, listen, people can always get that advice from you. And how can they get in touch with you? Call me directly on my cell phone, yeah. 250-889-4743, or an email. Um, my email is Denise at denisewebster.com. Thanks for joining us again, Denise. And for the other show sponsors, Carrie Augustini at Island Savings and Carrie Smith from Inspectech. We had a great show today talking about tips on home buying and owning your home. I'm Tony Joe. Thanks for joining in, and we'll be here for you this time next week.